1: Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show.
2: And greetings. Happy Thursday. We appreciate you joining us here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Day. He is the returning Todd Erzin. And alongside the always here Aaron McIntyre and you are you. Tomorrow is a very big day. Uh, Tomorrow, the stream launch for Nefarious happens. Uh, you will be able to, to to get Nefarious on iTunes, Amazon, uh, Google, Voodoo, and Dish beginning tomorrow. That's June 2nd for those of you that, like me that went to public school. And so we had about 300,000 people come out and see Nefarious during its seven-week theatrical run, which sounds like a lot of people, and it is. It's though not even the amount of people that will tune into this show today probably. Uh, And it's nowhere near the amount of people that will tune in to guest star Glenn Beck's show today on The Blaze either. So that means that there are still a lot of you, even in this audience, who have yet to see the film. And this is where you guys can help us to get the word of mouth out. The stream launch begins tomorrow. Maybe you can't get out to a theater. It wasn't in a theater near you. Uh, You just don't want to do theaters anymore because... There are fewer people going to theaters post-COVID, so all those issues and reasons are understandable. But now is the window that'll probably determine if you if you love this movie, and we do have plans for more nefarious uh, content. However. For those plans to be realized, this has to prove to be a profitable venture for our investors. And the stream window is probably going to go a long way to determining whether or not that is the case. And so this is where you guys can help us get the word out. Again, the streaming for Nefarious begins tomorrow. Amazon, Google, Vudu, iTunes, and Dish, you'll be able to stream Nefarious on those platforms beginning tomorrow. Those of you wondering about DVD sales, uh, those will start later in the summer. Those of you that are wondering about church licensing, we have gotten a lot of questions about that. That's going to start soon too via a company like a company called Movie Night. Uh, I'm not sure if we have finalized that deal yet or finalized when that's going to start, but we're going to be working through them. In fact, feel free to reach out to them and tell them you're looking forward to uh, getting an opportunity uh, to screen Nefarious for your church uh, via Movie Night. So. Uh, we're moving on now to the next phase. Amazingly, this movie stayed in theaters for as long as it did, just sort of like pestering hell by hanging around. Uh, they tried to cancel it; they didn't. Now, none of us are getting rich off this movie, although I am, you know, extremely proud of the caliber of film that we made. It is, it's going to take a minor miracle for me to see a dime uh, from the movie itself. But uh, the amount of feedback I have gotten, um, the 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 amount of people who have been spiritually and emotionally impacted by the film, uh, that fills my tank, man. And I get all those, you know. Our investors, though, don't. <laughs> right? Still, you know what fills their tank? Refilling it after they emptied it for us. That's what thats what fills their tank. So this is where we could use you guys' as help to help us spread the word. I know a lot of you went and saw this movie multiple times, took multiple different audiences to it because of how important you think that it is. And so this is now another opportunity for you guys to help spread the word about it movie that we are really proud of and it's a darn good movie too. All right. So tomorrow, June 2nd, Friday, iTunes, Amazon, Google, Voodoo, and Dish you'll be able to stream nefarious DVD sales will be later this summer. And then through movie night here soon you'll be able to do church licensing as well all right let's get to what is on the show today at the bottom of the hour kevin roberts he is the new mucky muck over at the heritage foundation he will be joining us we will continue our series on theology thursday looking at dr tony evans book kingdom politics and man is the chapter this week loaded like we could do an entire show an entire show On the chapter, we're going to discuss for about 15 or 20 minutes this week. Uh, And then we will play our weekly game of three non-political questions. But before we get to all of those things, let's begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
3: What happened while we were away, brought to you by It Is What It Is. The U.S. House last night passed the McCarthy-Biden debt ceiling deal, 314 to 117. 149 Republicans voted in favor of the dastardly legislation. Donald Trump was in Iowa yesterday campaigning, he went on WHO radio to react to the debt deal.
1: There's a lot going on in our country and there's a lot of things we need to discuss. Um, The debt ceiling has just passed. I think it's a horrible deal, but I don't know what you think. What do you think? Well, it is what it is. It was going to pass. uh, They had plenty of votes.
3: Pentagon spokesman John Kirby was asked at the White House yesterday about polls showing a majority of Americans believing Joe Biden is corrupt for his shady international business deals.
2: 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence-peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt. Wow,
4: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Can I take that question? And, uh, president, the president has spoken to this. The uh, president has spoken to this. And there's nothing to these claims.
3: Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is... It
4: is what it is. It is, what it is. Like.
3: U.S. climate envoy John Kerry told a group of globalists the end game of the climate cult is genocide.
1: Agriculture contributes about 33% of all the emissions of the world uh, depending a little bit on how you count it but it's anywhere from 26 to 33 and we can't get to net zero we don't get this job done unless agriculture is front and center is part of the solution
3: learning Russian today today's phrase is According to data from the Harvard Cooperative Election Study, the share of Republican voters who attend church less than weekly or not at all is now nearly double the share of those who attend church weekly. Learning German today, today's phrase is... It is what
0: it is. Es ist was es ist.
3: It's been revealed that Target and Coles have given oodles of cash for years to the Gay, Lesbian and Straight Education Network, basically the tip of the spear of grooming kids in schools. Target has actually given the organization millions of dollars. This MSNBC guest had some interesting commentary regarding Target. When Target caves
2: into this, then it says that the moment you threaten the employees of even a very large corporation you get to control its policies.
3: This is economic terrorism, literally terrorism, creating fear among the workers and forcing the corporations to sell the things you want and not sell the things you don't. Learning Portuguese today, today's phrase is... It
2: is what it is. É o que é.
3: And now here's this from Greg Price at the State Freedom Caucus Network. One of the biggest invasions of property rights in American history is currently happening in South Dakota to expand green energy. This is footage that was shared with Price by a South Dakota farmer named Jared Bosley, whose farm has been in his family for four generations. Bosley is one of over 80 South Dakota landowners currently facing eminent domain lawsuits from a company called Summit Carbon Solutions wants to seize their property and use it to build a carbon capture pipeline that will transport CO2 emissions from Iowa to North Dakota to be stored underground. The men in the video are surveyors from Summit. They entered his home and shop before going on his farm to survey the land, all without his permission, while only his wife was home. They later falsely accused him of threatening to kill them. He says he talked to them for six seconds on the speakerphone about how the sheriff would be there while they do it. They're now taking him to court to get a restraining order so he can't be on his own property when they come back. His hearing was this week. Bosley says surveyors from the company have shown up to South Dakota farms without permission, some with armed security guards, like something out of blazing saddles, and have threatened the landowners who haven't agreed to give up their property. The Republican leadership in South Dakota has also abandoned them in the last legislative session. Bills to protect landowners from eminent domain from Summit fail. Failed. Governor Christy Noem has done nothing. Summit has connections to massive GOP donors. They're also bankrolled by large investments, some of which are foreign, as well as benefit from massive federal credits for carbon capture expanded by Joe Biden's so-called Inflation Reduction Act. Meanwhile, South Dakotans, whose farms have been in their families for generations, who've put their blood and sweat and tears into their land, are now facing them being seized and ruined for the green energy grift. Their elected leaders have abandoned them, and no one outside local media is talking about it. Again, that's a report from Greg Price at the State Freedom Caucus Network. Learning French today, today's raise is...
4: It is what it is. C'est comme ça.
3: Well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of your own voting, this Chicago resident is really, really mad at the city and the new mayor for putting up money to all the illegals now flooding the country and their streets.
4: We didn't have the privilege to cross the border. We came over here being raped, stolen, beating, chained, yeah. in the bottom of ships. And you get migrants
2: $51 million? Have you forgotten? You are.
3: Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is It
2: is what it is lo
3: And finally, on some foreign dance competition television show, a group of climate cultists attempted to stage a demonstration by rushing the stage on live television when the camera boom operator took matters into his own hands. <laughs>
2: And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. Their thunderstorm air purifiers make the air where you are smell fresh because they're not just spreading air freshener. Uh, In fact, they're killing uh, the odors, the mold, the mildew, uh, even the bacteria and some viruses that are the reason your air is not fresh right now. That's why it's called an air purifier not just merely an air freshener. They come in a three-pack for whole home protection, and they have gotten raved reviews from our audience since they came on board the show back about a year or so ago. You can get all three units for under 200 bucks, so one for every level of your home, or maybe for one at home, one at the home office, uh, one in the garage, where, wherever you prefer. And, and that's a fraction of what their competitors, who, if we're being honest, probably aren't as good as they are anyway. That's a fraction of what their competitors cost, and they throw in free shipping, too. So free shipping, Two, three units for under $200 if you use my name, Steve, as your promo code when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code Steve at EdenPureDeals.com. All right, coming up in the overtime today, I, I, just, was, I, I just last week had a chance to speak directly to Elon Musk and thank him for the service to humanity he did by providing for the largest free speech platform on planet Earth right out of his own pocket. I get up this morning. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. And I read Jeremy Boring, who's the mucky muck over there at Daily Wire, um, puts out a thread. They've written a story about it as well that Twitter is telling them that uh, what's a woman is now harmful content and, and won't promote the streaming of it after originally agreeing to. And then even went so far as to tell them that if they... If they go ahead and show it anyway, they will restrict and punish the access uh, that people will see of their account and the film because of, uh, quote, misgendering, which is uh, a part of the very rules of service that Elon Musk removed when he took over. So if I had to guess, by the time this airs tonight, this will be resolved in some way. But as the time that we're airing this right now, it is not. So we are going to discuss that later today in the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. If you are a subscriber to Blaze TV, you'll get to watch that later today at blazetv.com slash dace. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and you want to see that as well as all of our exclusive content, it is available for you at blazetv.com slash dace for just $10 a month, blazetv.com slash dace. Wow. Um... Where where to go in this montage? I have to tell you, just it's a personal aside. Listening to Aaron go through that story from South Dakota and Christine Ohm and the land grab there, and hearing Trump in my old studio, by the way, say, huh. We just, you know, completely, nearly completely. Uh, Eliminated any reason for you to vote Republican in the last uh, election for Congress. It is what it is. Kind of feels a little like old home week for me. I mean, uh, one of the things that I that really I drew the ire with the GOP establishment in Iowa when I was coming up on, on the great blowtorch there, WHO, where Donald Trump was speaking and i think he's talking to to Simon, simon Conway, Conway who took yep. my who took my position yep. and that means that dude has held that spot for 12 years props to you man it is hard in the opinion business to hold a job for that long to not alienate somebody particularly in radio when you got ownership and management changes so good for simon to keep that job that long and to ask the question too by the way because otherwise we wouldn't know what trump thinks because he's releasing statements on literally every Time Ron DeSantis blinks Trump has a statement at truth social we are way past dude code violations frankly into homoerotic territory for one guy to be stalking another man and his actions this much you just cannot be hetero unless you're a sociopath you cannot be hetero, hetero and be this obsessed all right with another man is there uh, a special in his machinations dispens- you just can't do it is there okay? a
5: special dispensation during pride month there no <laughs> if anything you should be more
2: aware that we're looking for things like that <laughs> and how they will be how they will be classified in this month of all months all right
5: it is what it is
2: it is what it is yes but one of the things where i really drew the ire of the gop establishment was are you going to talk about doug gross doug gross because he did this yes, yes. I went after them for trying to yes. take Century Farms in Iowa yeah. for, their, for their corporate buddies. And I gave those farmers a voice they had nowhere else. The newspaper wouldn't give them a voice. Local media wouldn't give them a voice. I gave them the only voice they had in the entire state. And it just so happened to be a voice on, on the largest platform in the entire state. You are the early Steve days hits. Yeah, and yes. I mean, I cost these people a lot of money trying to steal these folks' land. And one of the people that was involved in that that was not happy about it was a guy named Bruce Rastetter, who, by the way, is involved in this very company, Aaron, that is in that that you were just talking about. All right. I mean, he tried to buy the entire Republican Party. Um, uh, He was a huge ethanol guy. Uh, He sponsored the big farm show that was a huge money maker for WHO, threatened to pull all of his money, threatened to pull all of his money if I didn't stop what I was doing and, and, and hurt the radio station. Do you, did I stop what I was doing? Don't think so. Yeah. I, I did not. And I just, you know, I mean, I told him, I, hey, I get it. If you got to fire me, if, I, if, if, he, if what he's doing is worth more than me, that's economics, I'll live with it. But I'm not changing a thing. And I didn't change a thing. One of the other individuals involved in this is a certain former Iowa governor named Terry Branstad, who just so happened to, to pick up the phone himself and call my program director one day to get me canned because of the stuff I was doing to them. So it just it just feels like you know, we have a we have a saying in Iowa, there's an Iowa connection to everything. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> yes. And 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 we will if there's not one, we will find like the most obscure one. This guy stopped at an I eighty truck stop once to take a leak. Total Iowa connection. We will find one if there is not one. Right? But there are man, I mean I, I do feel like I've come full circle now, sitting on a far bigger platform, on a far bigger network, and hearing some of the exact same names and some of the exact same issues all over again. And this is why when it comes to the Iowa caucuses, man, if you've not been here, if you don't live here, if you haven't covered it, if you've not been a part of it, you just don't understand. And every cycle I, I try to warn you, every cycle you don't listen to me, every cycle I'm proven correct. Because I'm here. You're not. And I'm just telling you, well, most of you aren't. I'm just telling you, this is a different ecosystem that what goes on on political Twitter, what's happening on Fox News, what's happening on conservative radio. I mean, I I loved Rush. God rest his, God rest his soul. None of us would have the jobs we have if it weren't for him. One of the first things when I got into this business early on, on top of going after the eminent domain stuff after the Kilo versus New London thing, is that was also leading up to the 2008 Iowa caucus cycle. And I I was all in for Mike Huckabee. And so the WHO broadcast lineup was Rush for three hours, and then I was on right after that for three hours. So I would come into the studio during Rush's last hour, I heard it every day, to get ready for my show. And every day, man, he's just pounding Mike Huckabee, crushing him basically making Mike Huckabee out to be like a West German Christian socialist. And Mitt Romney is the next coming of Ronald Reagan. Okay. Um, And then I would come on the air, do the exact opposite show. Mitt Romney's a complete and total rhino. uh, And here he is, here he is in his own words again and again and again and again. You guys heard those clips Mm -hmm. Uh, every day on the show for months and months and months. All right. You know, I, I would have never envisioned that it was possible that my little local radio show would overmatch the great Rush Limbaugh in a presidential election, but in Iowa it did. And if you go back and look at the 2008 Iowa caucus uh, map and line it up with the WHO coverage map, it's an exact, perfect, seamless garment. Where WHO was on strong, Mike, which is most of the state, Mike Huckabee won. Where WHO was not on strong in the state, like the far up western part of the state, Mitt Romney won. Not a coincidence. And that's was, that was the first lesson. There's no way. No way. I mean, I, I don't have 1%. I didn't have 1% of Russia's reach, influence, probably even talent. And, and yet, how did my guy win this caucuses? And I learned from that experience myself, because I didn't believe it either. I had, to, I had to live through it myself, too. This is a different ecosystem. The people here really don't care what you think. And they're going to do their own thing. And I think a lot of you think that I have influence here. Because I'm some kind of tribal chieftain and I've got like this network of people and I make a phone call. You ever seen me make a phone call or Thanos snap or anything like that in all the years you've been here behind the scenes and just dictated from on high something that was going to take place behind the scenes and people just followed uh, like lemmings my orders and edicts? You ever seen any evidence of that? That does not happen. It does not, that, it's the exact opposite. I learned from that 2008 experience oh, these people, they think for themselves here. So I earned their trust. They know if I tell them something, I really think it's true. Doesn't mean it is. Doesn't mean it's right. I don't actually try to lobby people. I don't try to persuade people the way you think that I do. That I've got friends that will work for multiple different campaigns and everything else. I respect the fact that Iowans want to have their own voice. And that is actually how I develop the influence that I have here. So you can have all your, I I mean, I see people I like and respect posting polls of the West Virginia, no one cares. No one here is reading any of that stuff. No one here cares. They're going to do their process. And that creates a very organic process when we play out the games. Because games on paper look like one thing. Then you play the game It looks like something else. I lived through this as a Michigan fan last December. We were a nine-point favorite in a college football playoff game. Man, that's a pretty big point spread in a college football playoff game when there's only four teams. Presumably, these are the four best teams. That's a, that's a pretty big spread, particularly when your name's not Georgia and Alabama. That's a pretty big spread. I never thought for a second we were going to lose that game. Ten minutes in, we're down 21-3. to three. Quarterback who hadn't thrown a pick six all year through two of them in a quarter. And we lost. That's why they play the games. Weird things happen when you play games. We had a corner who set the all-time record at the NFL Combine for fastest 40 time. And he gave up like an 80-yard touchdown pass because um, he got outran in the open field by a guy that was 40, in the 40-yard dash timed significantly slower than him. On paper... Our guy should have won, right? On paper, yeah. it looked pretty obvious. Our guy's faster. The games aren't played on paper, though. They're not. There. No, that's why you play the games. And in Iowa, they will play the games. And in Iowa, walking onto WHO, man. Now, it doesn't have the reach it did when I worked there, and it's not about them. That's just what's happened to local radio. It still has very significant reach. Like, per capita, its reach as a local radio station would still surpass the average local radio station. It's just as an industry in total, the reach has diminished. But it is still very influential. And walking on there, and your best answer is it is what it is. I mean, that's... I mean, I... I'm going to say a word I've never would have associated with Donald Trump in seasons when I've been, po- been in opposition in seasons when I've been in favor. And sometimes that can happen on a day to day, if not hour by hour basis. All right. You guys have lived through that, right? Have. That was feeble. That looked old. That looked elderly. What did you say to me when I came in? We went from I alone can solve to it is what it is. Mm-hmm. That looked like a guy who has spent a lot of time on a golf course, man not in the arena that's his boy up there that was the speaker he could have made some phone calls you know like remember that famous uh, shot or the clip of when he called Marjorie Taylor Green and said hand the phone to Matt Gates or, or no it was uh, Rosendale the Montana guy hand the hand the phone to him I want to talk to him so we know he we, we know he, he he knows how to operate a phone he, he could have you know he can call people to say back Kevin McCarthy maybe he called Kevin McCarthy and said Kev, this is not art of the deal bro you got come up we gotta come back with more than this this ain't going to cut it Maybe he did. Something tells me if he did, we would know about it. And something tells me if he did, probably there would have been a slightly different outcome. Instead, we got a guy golfing with Saudis, shrugging his shoulders. Huh, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Once a day, shows up with a script where he says great things on a video from Mar-a-Lago that we would all agree with. And that's it. Don't see him in any fights. We don't see him involved in anything we really care about around the country. That's really about it. Right now, there is somebody listening to me wearing Trump underoos in Alabama. They've got two dogs. They named one Donald and the other Trump. And over their fireplace, they have an oil painting of Jesus' hand on Trump's shoulder in the White House as he signs legislation. And they are very angry and upset with me right now. Here's the thing I can tell you. aren't a lot of those kinds of people in Iowa. And you go on a 50,000 watt blowtorch at a moment that we are handing Joe Biden a credit card with no limit and our name on it. And we're not even going to defund the 87,000 IRS agents we were promised. And your answer is it is what it is. <sighs> that's, that's why you play the games because they're not played on paper. They're played on the field. I want to talk about the GOP being potentially even more godless. It's and It's a Pew survey, correct? No, this is
3: from Harvard's Harvard. Cooperative Election Study.
2: Okay. Uh, because I think that actually ties into what we're going to discuss on Theology Thursday. So I'm going to set it aside for there. But I'll pause and ask you guys what you think. Uh, Donald
5: Trump, once again, even when he's like this, even if he is, in fact, losing his fastball, as Steve, you did say earlier on Twitter, this is still not out of character uh, for him, which is why I I put him firmly in the category of being the weather. And he he will come with highs and lows that will simply overtake the uh, situation uh, for good or for ill. Um, I've I, 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 none of that changes a bit of the analysis that Steve just gave you because if you, if you just keep getting regularly terrible weather patterns from Donald Trump, regardless of the weather patterns he gave you in the previous years, you, you, you may have to adjust accordingly. That, yeah, you would do this just as a matter of practice. Uh, as a farmer as an uh, engineer building a building when you can build when you can't you got to think about donald trump that way and donald trump there's just a lot of bad weather these days this isn't complicated all right demand better weather from him if he doesn't give it to you fine go go live in the hurricane if you want to but that's what you're doing
3: it's actually moments like the it is what it is the answer that actually makes me feel more confident in my prediction that he will indeed win the nomination and it's because of the uh, the data that the gop is is more godless I, there's I, just something poison. Yes. Yeah. poisoned i don't
2: disagree with that. in the
3: well yeah. of this party of the right in america and so when i see things like that if in a couple of years when benjamin is acting up and he knows better And I get home, and Bella tells me what he's done. And I tell her, it is what it is, honey. And I don't punish. I don't go and hold accountable. That's not acceptable. It's not acceptable on a familial level. Why is it acceptable (laughs) from Donald Trump having, you know, the amounts uh, of influence that he has? It's not acceptable, but yet he is still a force. And that's why it makes me more confident that something is poisoned here and he's probably going to be the
2: nominee no matter what i don't i don't necessarily disagree with that connection you know i think that's i mean that's we have seen in the in we have just seen in this in in the 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 boomer generation a great spiritual falling away and that has befallen on their children and grandchildren and so You know, it goes back to the poll that we did on the Cruz campaign in Missouri, that if you knew the name of your pastor Mm -hmm. and went to church more than twice a month, you voted for Cruz overwhelmingly. If you claimed to be an evangelical but did know the name of your pastor and went to church less than once a month, you voted for Trump overwhelmingly. That kind of goes to your point. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. Kevin Roberts from Heritage Foundation will join us. Leftist propaganda, endless pronouns, critical race theory, sexually explicit books accessible to minors, but I repeat myself. Let's face it, our government education system is a complete mess. It is so bad that on top of indoctrination, they have dumbed us down to the point that uh, colleges are dumbing down their courses because the average incoming freshman can barely read and write at a seventh grade level. That's why you are looking for alternatives. That's right. I'm not even going to suggest that you might not be because you must be. And if you're looking for an alternative, look no further than our friends over at Freedom Project Academy. They have perfected online learning, offering live on demand homeschool courses, K through 12, built on Judeo-Christian values and classical curriculum. What do I mean by that? It means they are taught how to think, not what to think. Mastery of subject matter that actually matters, not um, mastered. How to be mastered as a subject. Uh, my own son uh, went to FPA for a couple of years. I know the people who founded the school because we fought together against Common Core back in the day. So I've seen firsthand how good these people are. I would highly recommend. You can sign up today. Save ten percent on your tuition when you do at FreedomForSchool.com. That's the f- that's for the preposition, not the number. F O R FreedomForSchool.com. Now maybe you're. Thinking, I just want to get some more information. You can do that too. Same place. Go to freedomforschool.com, request their free information packet. The free information packet again at freedomforschool.com. Kevin Roberts is the new head of one of the venerable institutions in American conservatism, the Heritage Foundation. He joins us here on the Steve Day Show for the first time. Kevin, I have heard a lot of good things about you from people I know that know you, so it's a pleasure to have you with us, man. How are you?
1: Well, likewise, you're one of the heroes in America, Steve, and I mean that on behalf of all of us at Heritage, so it's a privilege to be with you. I've been looking forward to it
2: that that is that is extremely kind. Thank you very much. Um, I want to start with this debt deal and a simple question, what went on here? because to me, I've done this show before I did it ten years ago it was. After the Tea Party wave, Republicans have majorities in the House, actually bigger than even the majority they have right now, okay? They they can't get... Uh, Republicans, uh, majority of Republicans actually vote uh, for all the garbage I've negotiated against myself, sellouts that John Boehner did. So we end up passing Democrat budgets out of a majority GOP Congress. And it just seems like we've had a lot of chanting and a lot of blustering and a, a lot of bragging and a lot of claims of draining. And it just seems like nothing's changed, Kevin, in 10 years. I just watched last night a Republican majority Pass a Democrat budget with Democrat votes out of a Republican House. It just seems like maybe this speaker chain smokes less and drinks less, but nothing has really changed.
1: Substantively, Steve, very little has changed. Ultimately, the headline that I would write is that the deal is a bad deal. I think the Speaker had a lot more leverage going into those negotiations with the President. I try to be a fair guy, and I, I do think the Speaker deserves some credit for getting the President to the table. But as I mentioned to the Speaker Monday night when we spoke about Heritage's opposition to the deal, and I meant this purely about the policy, I don't get into the personality or, or the politics really, Heritage calls balls and strikes, and the deal was really bad. I think he went in with a very strong hand. He had wind in his sails, historically, that is to say, support of 60% of the American people, who said they supported an increase in the debt ceiling if and only if it was tied to a dollar-for-dollar reduction in spending. We did not get that dollar-for-dollar reduction in spending, in fact, nowhere close. And so as I I mentioned to the speaker, and we've said publicly all week, we were opposed to it because it was a lot closer to business as usual, to your point, than actually changing the trajectory of how we do things in Washington.
2: I live in Iowa, man. I'm a simple guy. I'm sitting here. You're dressed to the nines there in D.C. I'm wearing a Masters T-shirt. All right. And Michigan Wolverine gym shorts you can't see. All right. So maybe things are just more complicated than we understand out here in the cheap seats. But why didn't they just send Biden a bill, a budget that paid the interest on the debt so there was no default, um, had the allocation necessary for veterans, military personnel, national defense and entitlement spending and said, that's what you're getting. And if you don't want to sign that budget, you want to shut the government down because, you know, there's not enough Pride Month bennies in there for you. You're welcome to make that case to the American people. By golly, we will put we will hand the microphone to President Dementia Patient. It's because it, it seems to me out here in West Des Moines, Iowa, Kevin, it was really just that simple. If you actually believe in what you campaigned on.
1: It is that simple. I want to be really clear. And by the way, in five hours, when I'm home in rural Virginia, I'll be in Texas longhorn shorts, maybe a (laughs) master shirt. As I tell. You know, my, my four kids each morning, Steve said, Dad, you're the best dressed redneck we know. So we, <laughs> so I'm, I'm with you. I uh, grew up as a working class conservative on the Gulf Coast. So that's how I see the world. Frankly, it's how Heritage sees the world. It actually is that simple. And the reason they didn't do that is because Washington does overcomplicate things. And so as, as recently as a couple of hours before yesterday's vote, I mentioned this example just to emphasize how right your supposedly simplistic argument is, I suggested to the House Leadership that they still had time to add two or three amendments to their bill that actually would simplify it. And they refused. And and the reason they refused is because of the nature of, of the power structure in D.C. on both sides of the aisle. As you mentioned at the top, this bill passed with more Democrat support than Republican support in the House. It's going to get overwhelming support by most Republicans in the Senate. I'm just here to tell you. As long as business is as usual in D.C., Heritage is going to fight it, but I'm gonna give you a little bit of hope. I do believe that uh, so many people are frustrated by this, that we've got a chance to change the trajectory of this, but it requires people in places like West Des Moines, Iowa, to say, we demand of our elected leaders in the state legislature and also in Congress not to vote the way most conservatives have been voting here in D.C.
2: If I could sum up how I think people out here in the cheap seats feel, it would be this statement, Democrats don't want to count our votes and Republicans want to make sure our votes don't count. If you get what I'm saying there, your
1: thoughts. Oh, absolutely. I think I think you're you're right on both counts. I will come to the defense of the handful of Republicans who don't fit that that second statement. I'm I'm not being swampy by saying sure. that. Sure, one of them's a, one I'm, of my I'm,
2: very best friends, Congressman Shiproy, for example.
1: You bet. Go he. Ahead. he he is my best friend in Congress, and he's one of my best friends, period. We worked together at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. And I'm grateful that 70 of Chip's colleagues joined him in, in opposing that legislation. I wish there were 170 in addition to them. But this is what I see, Steve, and, and I'm not someone who believes in hollow optimism. The reason that I took the job at Heritage as a, as a regular guy who does wear a necktie and, and a dress shirt is to represent the average American, because that's really how Heritage was founded 50 years ago. And the more that average Americans can keep focusing on what's simple. I think Governor DeSantis, as an example, was, was really clear about this in simple language. The country was on a trajectory toward bankruptcy before the bill. It remains on a trajectory toward bankruptcy after the bill. The majority of Americans, as you know, not just in Iowa, but all over the country, know that it's that simple. 2024, I think, is one of our last opportunities to get this right, whether at the presidential level or at the congressional level.
2: I have said on our show, and I would love to get your take as a smart policy guy, your take on this, and maybe you think this is total bunk, but and, and I'm okay with it because I want to hear if you do, that I, I have told my audience for many, many years, going back to when I was a local host, that the the Ron Paul and I greatly respect his intellect, but the Ron Paul notion that you know um, the zomb- will ha- the biz- the natural order of things if we keep doing this with our debt will lead to some form of cataclysmic apocalyptic you know um, zombie apocalypse. I just don't buy into that because I don't I believe we have we have granted ourselves the notion that we can exist as a superpower outside of the natural order of things by just print as much money as we need, spend as much money as we need. And so we're not on a business cycle standard or a gold standard. Kevin, I tell my audience we are on a military standard. You know, throughout human history, if you were a debtor nation, it usually meant you were in debt to other nations. And if you could not pay your debt, the nation that you were in debt to would eventually realize we, we have come to collect. And it was called a standing army outside your city gates. And the collection was your next two most valuable resources, your people and your resources, uh, natural resources. And this is our land now. And you're a conquered people. That's not that's not happened here because there isn't a military on Earth for all the blustering. At least until recently, that would have dared stood up to us, okay. But now, if we're going to woke a fire military, right? If we're going to have drag queen a military hour, uh, if we're going to re- we're going to lower our standards and we're going to visibly taunt our 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 taxpayers and flaunt this to the world that we're doing this. Like it's not even some like hidden diversity initiative that some crackpot ideologue like me uncovered or read at the Daily Signal. Like we're gonna we're gonna spend money as a military promoting this. At large. So everyone knows we're doing this. Maybe then all of a sudden at places like Pyongyang and Moscow and Tehran and Beijing, you know, maybe they are thinking, "Ah, maybe we can call that note in. Maybe they maybe they don't have uh, they don't have the wherewithal to push back. Should we make that call anymore? Am I wrong?
1: No. And uh, if I did think you were, as a good southerner, I would disagree with you very politely. Bless so his my, heart. <laughs> my, yeah, indeed. My 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 agreement with you is heartfelt. It's genuine. In fact, my agreement with you is emphatic. And I'm grateful to my heritage colleagues for writing often about this, especially uh, A.J. Anthony, great economist, but also a regular guy. And I, I want to home in on, on one point in particular that you make, Steve, about this. The, the United States of America is weaker fiscally. It's weaker financially uh, because of its government spending, than it has been probably since the American Revolution. I mean, there are a couple of periods following the Civil War and following World War II where our fiscal situation was, was strained. But I would argue that our fiscal situation today is dire for two reasons. The first is, We're running, almost running out of the ability to print money. Mm -hmm. This $4 trillion that we're going to print as a result of the debt ceiling deal, we probably just barely have. But the second reason is that those capitals you mentioned, all of those arch enemies of the United States, all they see is weakness. They see weakness because of the wokeness in the military. They see weakness because of the economic might of the United States that made us impervious, at least for a a generation or two, is beginning to diminish. Thirdly, they see in that a people that's becoming weak and soft because they don't have the good sense to elect leaders other than Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the knuckleheads who keep spending money we don't have.
2: What is what is the way out of this? Because what I what I see on the right is that I think for the first time. You know, when I got into this business 15 years ago, it was the you know, the, the conservatives versus the establishment, you know, and then and then it was the Tea Party versus the establishment. And then it was MAGA versus the establishment. Uh, I, I, I think for the first time, the, the divide on the right isn't factional and I don't think it's ideological. I think it is aspirational. I think there is a rising tide of people on the right. That think this thing is they've been black pilled or white pilled, depending on how you want to describe it. This thing is toast. And so and some of them are just pure grifters. Sure. I think others are just really sincere that there's really nothing to do now other than to podcast meme endlessly point out the hypocrisy um, and immorality of our opponents. Um, But but to even attempt to strive to uh, the idea that we could elect people that would enact righteous policy to do something like this. They instantly turn into the Israelites who complain that they they were fine you know, building for Pharaoh. But now that Moses spoke up, they've got to go make their own straw too. You're just going to make it worse. They resent it almost. I just want rallies. I just, I just, I just want to vent. I just want to, I want to endlessly have talking points against the, the liberal media that already no one even cares about or follows or believes. And then there's another group of people that that are like, well, if we don't start electing people that are going to ruthlessly, but efficiently use power to enact righteous policy, man, you guys don't want to know how this ends. And there's chapters of how this ends in history books. It's not a game. You're not going to just get to sit here and endlessly blog and meme about how everything sucks all right the the people that are making it suck are real serious about that suck and they're going to impose that suck on you all the way to the nth degree unless you start pushing back and put people in power that will do that i think that's actually the divide on the right what are your thoughts put,
1: i agree about the divide and i think you diagnose that well uh, sorry to be so agreeable, Uh, but we we, we see the world very similarly and and put me and Heritage squarely in the second can. Uh, We believe that potentially. The United States of America is in its last phase, and I say that as an optimist. I happen to think we're gonna we've got more chapters to write. I don't think we're merely managing late Republican decline, although we we may be. I'm a historian, an early American historian, so perhaps just a little bit of knowledge goes into that statement. But looking ahead, this is what I see. Once again, I don't do hollow optimism. In fact, I abhor it. I believe that the 2024 election cycle is one of the last chances we have to get it right. By that, I'm not endorsing a particular candidate. I'm endorsing the mindset that you just made. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, 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 and I, and I want to add some substance to this, Steve. If you look at state legislative sessions this year across the country, I would put your state, Iowa, in, in the list of the top three or five. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most glorious, if not the most successful, legislative year for conservative state-based reform we've seen. If 2024 goes well, If we elect men and women to the House and the Senate, and we elect a man or a woman to the presidency who understand what you said, in other words, they understand what time it is in America, I think 2025 is going to be a glorious year for federal policy. If we fail to do that, then I I think we may be relegated to podcasts and online activity. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, even if that's the case, Heritage is gonna fight until the last second.
2: Kevin, thank you so much for joining us, brother. How can people follow what you guys do there at Heritage and also your news arm over there at Daily Signal?
1: Well, you're kind to have me. Uh, we're at Heritage.org. We start with policy first. You got a question about you know what the analysis is on policy, Heritage.org, and highly recommend our media arm, The Daily Signal. You can find it at DailySignal.com. Get a, a morning email which uh, shows you what most of the rest of the media doesn't want to talk about.
2: Great stuff, brother. Uh, I guess we're going to probably see you and I over here at the Leadership Summit next month. So uh, look looking forward, forward to, to it. You bet. Thank you, man. Take care. All right, guys, your thoughts on that conversation with Kevin Roberts over at the Heritage Foundation?
5: Well, you, clearly uh, cut from a different cloth than you, Steve. Uh, winsome comes to mind. Uh, uh, but it does, see, that's the thing. It doesn't matter. They, you can have all the different personality types you want to. It is ultimately about that righteous policy that steve talked about so everybody looking around and waving your finger in the air as if the guy that squawks the way i want him to squawk at the end of the day the the church isn't supposed to look that way it is a hospital for all different kinds of sinners looking you know that you you may not be able to identify them at all but you know they belong there our politics needs to reflect that more these days you keep trying to follow and be uh, beside people who are only cut from the exact same personality you like the exact same kind of show at 8 p.m and eating the same junk food uh, at the exact same. that's not this is never going to work that way it is the righteous policy that is primary and then it draws the different types together because you all want to be free genuinely free and understand what that means. And it means with certain closed-hand principles. Both those men had a conversation, different personality types, but they both agree with the bedrock.
3: The dude gets it. I mean, he he gets it and it's it's pretty easy to tell. And, and I've said this before, we had a conversation briefly about this yesterday as well. I mean, exposing evil, I think, is a righteous thing. At some point though, you have to confront it and you have to hold accountable. And you have to get things done Mm -hmm. because just exposing evil uh, at the end of the day, that's just not that's not the full measure of what's needed.
2: We'll come back. Theology Thursday is next. back here with our two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast i'm steve dace he's aaron mcintyre he is todd erzin you are you and you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show steve at stevedace.com d-e-a-c-e like us on facebook me we and gab you can follow me at Steve Dace show on twitter get her instagram and tiktok find me as well on truth social at real Dace. there at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. If you are a podcast listener, thank you so very much. If you have yet to do this, please consider leaving us a five-star review. If you like the show, hit subscribe or follow if you are an iTunes user. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. We appreciate each and every one of you. I am told they do great things for the show. Um, I don't know what those great things are, but I do know that they do um, great things for massaging our fragile male egos. So please... Uh, Um, take that into account in all things. We're very sensitive here. This part of the show brought to you by our friends uh, over at Liver Help. You know, fatty liver sounds like it would be bad. And it is. It's something that about 100 million Americans suffer from because we put our livers through a lot these days. Uh, Cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, still about 20% of the population smokes cigarettes. That's why a lot of us have sluggish, fatty liver. It can help us to gain weight, lose energy. And when you've got a key organ... That deals with up to 500 functions that you need every day. It is time to give it the help it needs. The Liver Health Formula. It's an all-natural supplement which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help to recharge and protect your liver. It's manufactured as well right here in the USA. Approved by American doctors. You can try the Liver Health Formula and receive a free bottle of their nano-powered omega-3s to keep your heart healthy at the same time by going to getliverhelpcom that's getliverhelp.com/steve and claim your free gift as well of those nano powered omega 3s getliverhelp.com/steve coming up at the bottom of the hour it'll be time for three non political questions but it is now time for theology thursday we have been continuing our study of dr tony evans's book kingdom politics returning god to government and the chapter this week is loaded I mean, in in many respects, he touches on, in one chapter, many discussions and topics that we have had on this show. I mean, going back to the entire times you guys have worked here, going back to when you guys were listeners of the show, when it was local, we've had these kinds of conversations. And so, because this thing is so loaded, and I want to make sure I don't interfere with what you guys had teed up to discuss... I'm actually going to turn this chapter over to you guys first and foremost. Uh, The title of this chapter is The Link Between God and Government. The Link Between God and Government. And you're you're seeing right now, you've heard me, I've said this how many times on the show, all governments are a theocracy. All of them are. We're only debating who the Theo is. This month, folks, is is a perfect encapsulation of that statement. You are watching the current... Rainbow theocracy reign and you will not blaspheme. There will be blasphemy laws. It's just a matter of what you are and are not permitted to blaspheme. You will watch almost every last vestige of corporate America line up and take the knee. For every June, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that the rainbow is Lord. That's religion. When companies like Target, have you guys seen their latest stock valuation? Holy crap, man. Holy crap. In any other era, folks would have been fired at at half of that decline, let alone the ongoing decline. No one's been fired. Why? For all who saw the beast marveled at the beast and gazed upon it and wondered who is like the beast. And who can make war with it? That's why. This is a religion. Bud Light has tanked. Just gave a a groomer group a $200,000 donation, what, yesterday. Why? Because just as if you are sincere in your Christian faith throughout the centuries, Caesar putting the sword to your throat wasn't going to persuade you. Well, unless you're Mr. Bass with the Toronto Blue Jays. (laughs) But it wasn't going to persuade you to forsake your Lord. They're not going to forsake theirs either. At least not at this price point yet. Going to take a little bit more. Maybe a lot more. Because these are articles of faith. These are acts of worship. We live in a theocracy today. And every month we have its festival of acknowledgement called pride. And that's the month that we are embarking upon right now. So let's begin the discussion of this chapter. Who wants to go first?
3: I'll jump in first. Okay. It is the month of homoglobia, the global colonization of sexual perversion. And it is a religion. And with all due respect to Dr. Tony Evans and all due respect to Steve Days, I think this book and the show could be distilled down to just these three Paragraphs that I'm about to read to you from this, from this chapter. No matter how much you pray as a nation or how much you use God's name or appeal to his mercy, if God has been removed from how a government functions, the character of its leaders and the values of its citizens, those prayers will often go unanswered. Leaving God out of the equation also removes God's intervention and blessing on the nation. God's principles are never to be separated from the overarching governance of a land. In fact, the Bible is pregnant with politics from Genesis to Revelation. Mm -hmm. You see God involved with politics where you read about him, establishing or dismantling governments, giving standards for laws or judging lawbreakers. God is not disengaged when it comes to nations and politics. He makes his rule a comprehensive statement over all authorities, not just some. He is to be over the mayor, city council, state legislator, governor, House of Representatives, Senate president, and more. God rules over all. To the degree that these various authorities are aligned with God's person and his policies is to the degree that that nation experiences unity, justice, and liberty. Conversely, to the degree that these various authorities are unaligned with God's person and his policies is to that degree that chaos will consume order. Mm-hmm. There's three paragraphs. I'm guessing that could sum up the rest of this book. We'll study it nonetheless. Three paragraphs that could sum up any, just go back into any of our archive. Could sum up, I, I dare you, sum up any show. Except for maybe that one day that we played Your Best Life Now, the board game. This is, this is a choice. Everything that we see is a choice. The decline. I don't want to rip off DeSantis's line, but the, the decline is a choice. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's a lie from the pit of hell that oh, well, there's nothing we can do. It is what it is. Take it or leave it. That's the choice that we have.
2: This is why I had you guys go first, because I had two or three things that I wanted to highlight myself. And that was number one on the list is exactly what you just read. And the reason why, Aaron, is because of what you just said. It is a summation of of the entire prime directive of this show from the day it launched on June 12th, 2006. The first time I ever did my own full-time news talk show, June 12th, 2006. And from that day forward, that has been the prime directive of this show summarized in those paragraphs. When we talk about, I wanted to do my part to bring a biblical worldview back into the mainstream. To what end? Right. I mean, if, if, if I'm going to say critically, but I think accurately, that's why if I didn't think it was accurate, I wouldn't say it. Doesn't mean it's accurate. Might not be. But I think it is. That's why I say it. So when I say stuff like if we're just going to meme, if we're just going to write more stories and do more blogs and more podcasts about clear hypocrisy, clear immorality, clear insanity, to what end? And the idea that these ends will just happen organically. Kevin Roberts from the Heritage Foundation was just on our show. And he said, you know, really, outside of a few state legislative sessions, and he men- mentioned our state, our state. Here's how Kim Reynolds came to power. Kim Reynolds was a rather unremarkable state senator in Iowa. And that, frankly, is kind. She was chosen by her predecessor, Terry Branstead, essentially... Because he's like, I got to go get my own, go get my own Sarah Palin, and 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 this one has never really been as outspoken as Sarah Palin was. So we can control her. That's what they were thinking. We can control her. Get her own Sarah Palin, but she's going to do what we want her to do. You never heard her name the couple years she served as lu- his lieutenant governor. Did you hear her name like ever? Never, never heard her name. Branstead gets appointed ambassador to China by Donald Trump. And this rather unremarkable state senator who was a largely silent lieutenant governor becomes governor. And lo and behold, during this period of time, like a real spiritual awakening took place in this woman's life. And she has stunned every last one of us. To become the exact opposite of the governor we thought we were going to get none of us thought we were going to get this when she took over none of us did nobody did
3: this meaning hey i'm going to go primary the two people who held up school choice yes. that level of devotion.
2: yes yes none of us thought we were going to see this from kim reynolds no idea there was nothing in her track record as a state senator i was there those days i covered her nothing that indicated she was going to ever, first of all, be governor anyway, let alone then the kind of governor we are seeing now. That arguably the most venerable institution in the history of the American right, its current president came on this show to to single her out for her leadership. There was no plan. We didn't make this happen. All the work people like Vander and I have done in this state for the last 10 plus years to help make it redder, Tim Reynolds being Joan of Arc was not on the plan list. No one saw it coming. And it would not have happened. It would have gotten redder. But it would not be the state it is right now, though, without her. That's a fact. Now, how did she make it red? Did she blog? Did she meme? Yeah, did some of that stuff. Did she just blow up the media? Yeah, she's done some of that stuff, right? But is that all she did? Did she leave it there? No. All she did was she read that book to the media one time with the gay porn in the schools to make her point, and then nothing else was done. She made her point, exposed their hypocrisy, embarrassed them. We got our talking point and did nothing else. That's what happened, right? Wrong. What did she sign? I think it was yesterday. She banned that stuff out of the schools. Righteous policy outcome. Righteous policy outcome. You have two paths. Everyone within the sound of my voice, this country has two paths politically. And one of them is not. Just keep memeing. Keep podcasting. That's not one of them. Keep talking. It will cease to exist as it was founded. Or it will require violence in the streets to stop that from happening which I don't think anybody wants I'm wearing a Masters t-shirt today I found out yesterday my beloved Michigan Wolverines are playing their first game on something called Peacock which I remembered I had to subscribe to for my youngest daughter to watch the office reruns and I had to go on there yesterday to find out if I still had a login there do I sound like someone ready to fight a civil war and neither are almost any of you that are talking about it. You're posers. Stop it. You masked up your kids to go to Costco. You're not fighting a civil war. End that crap. By the way, Google Antietam. Other than what happens at Planned Parenthoods for the last 50 years, more Americans died there than any single day in the history of this country that's the path that and that's frankly the path we're on minus revival that's the path we're on that's where this is gonna go unless we take another path and that other path is righteous policy now where will we get the term righteous from from how would we know what is and is not righteous? Is there, can I go to righteous.com and look that up? Is there, is, there, is there a being somewhere that has revealed to us what is righteous? Has he, did he leave us any record of what is and is not righteous? Um, any kind of an owner's manual? Any, any kind of a user manual? Uh, any kind of a reference book or a guide so that we would know what is and is not righteous? Does said thing exist? And that's what your founders appeal to. And that gets into the national covenant thing that he's talking about here in this chapter. People will gain power and wield it. Not have excuses why they couldn't do it. Wield it. Ruthless efficiency. Kim Reynolds is ruthlessly efficient. She does not light up a room. Doesn't mean she lacks charisma. That's just not, she's not a showgirl. Just ruthlessly efficient, wields power, punishes evil. Other one he mentioned, Florida. Same thing, ruthless efficiency. Not much of a comedian down there. But it's, you know, it's just like Shaquille O'Neal. Why did he have to learn how to shoot a, a skyhook? I'm 7'4, 330 pounds. I will literally just go over you to the rim. The only shot I need to learn is a dunk. That worked out pretty well. It did. Yeah, Ruthless efficiency. I'm wasting time learning all these different shots I don't need to make. I am bigger, faster, and badder than you, so I will just run you over, I'll erase you. That worked out fairly well for him. Ruthless efficiency. Wasn't always the most graceful thing in the world, right? Wasn't always like the most poetic thing. Wasn't like watching those slow-mo shots of Kareem with the sky hook. It was brutal. We could have used a few more free throws, but the Hall of Fame called nonetheless. Indeed, it did. Yes, maybe we could have worked on those. Okay. <laughs> All right. My point is, though, there aren't a lot of other examples. Ron DeSantis won by less than thirty thousand votes. Or is it thirty or forty? I always forget. So, the idea that this stuff is just going to randomly happen everywhere—not true. We will attempt to take the laws of nature and nature's God and base our own civil laws upon them, which is in the founding creed of the country. We will do that. That's what I mean by righteous policy. We will do that. Or you will serve another set of laws from another set of gods that will be imposed on you instead and this month testifies to the intention to do so. There is no other option. That's it. There's no other choices. Todd, what stood out to you?
5: Well, I'd imagine mine might not be on your top three, uh, but I persist. (laughs) Uh, At the end, he says, this is not a time for cute Christianity. This is not a time for popular politics. It's not a time to placate the masses. I agree. This is a time for Christians to take their stand. Okay, what are Christians? How do they, how do they do that? Because here's a point where, as you know, I've said, this man is a, my brother from another mother, the last couple chapters. I thought this was brilliant. Here's something where I think at the very least he needs to expand upon going forward. And we have a lot of the book left, so he might, but I, 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 I think there's issues here, and if I may read just one paragraph. Unfortunately, in our effort to defend against organized religion and its potential government rule, we have also pushed God's rightful rule, his universal theocracy, out the window. Yet whenever a society removes God and his influence from its midst, you wind up with homocracy, whereby mankind seeks to replace God in the name of government. Mm -hmm. If societies refuse to rule by God and his principles, then they will inevitably be ruled by men and civil structures that will seek to be God. This is my point. Uh, This organized religion thing has been so bent and twisted by leftists who meant to do nothing but bend and twist it. And I I just think this this is a dodge. Because right now the structure of our church is... Quote, ruled by men and civil structures, what, whatever you think the true nation of the church is a notion of the church is supposed to look like, can we all agree? This ain't it. We can't, we can't go forward rightly dividing the Bible with the church looking like this. Mm -hmm. There's no hope of doing it. We have a constitution right now. What's longer the Bible or the constitution? the bible Bible is a lot longer how are we doing on rightly dividing the constitution right now (laughs) we're just pretending it doesn't exist we don't care so uh, just everybody go forth read your bible hey it's a good start but it hasn't caused a bunch of well-meaning christian men and women to agree on what it means all right there's we've got to stop with this and even he does it here, and I was a little disappointed, and I hope I'm just wrong, and he goes forward. But this notion of organized religion as being something that's gotten away in the past, well, bad organized religion it has. But I think we all agree, we need to get better organized. What that looks like, I'm happy to talk specifics. I don't think this is the place right now. But I wonder if anybody agrees with me that based, that I have reason to ask questions about this paragraph. Because our current state— Of the church, formally speaking, is way too fractured. It's not close to one. Whatever that one looks like, again, we can have that argument about this. But this dog ain't going to hunt. That it's just everybody race back to your Bible. I leave it at that. Because it's a good start. But it's also gone awry. We have proof of concept of that. We need to reimagine what this whole
2: thing, the formal church, actually means and looks like. Along those lines, it just hit me a second ago, as you were talking, my lament about how much of, how too much, maybe I'll put it that way, too much of what we have done on the right for too long, especially in this current era, has, has not been to produce a specific outcome that would actually fulfill what the stated belief behind... Um, what we were broadcasting, blogging, saying, writing Mm -hmm. uh, claims or, or, or or, or, or feigns to desire. And it dawned on me, I think I might know why. And yes, there is a grift element on the right. And, you know, the religious right went from discipling Ronald Reagan to its God, it's grifters now. I've called some of them out in the past. Now, it took a little bit longer for that movement to, to get infiltrated by grifters because we didn't have social media and the means and the ability to, you know, immediately monetize your political activism that we have now. Now the grift comes almost instantaneously, like vultures on a carcass. So, I mean, the Tea Party was, it was a thing for like one election cycle, went on for like two more, but by then it was basically a grift, except for a handful of people that were really serious about it. Same, you're seeing that with the MAGA stuff now. Okay. Um, but I don't think that's as widespread as people think it is. We have this new thing now that anytime someone says something I disagree with, they're a grifter. You're a child. It, it's possible people just disagree with you for reasons other than they're on the take. You know? Um, but we we have a grift problem, but I also don't think it's like a widespread issue. I think it's, Significant, but I don't really believe the grift stuff is in our way that much. Really, it's not. I think I, I understand what now for the first time what is in our way more than anything else. For the last generation, our churches, and and I I can only speak for evangelical ones. I've attended a couple of Catholic services, but I'm not involved in the Catholic Church on a regular basis. I can't speak to what goes on there. I, on a, I can though fairly authoritatively on evangelical churches. I've been to a lot of them. I've preached in a lot of them, spoken in a lot of them. And, and one of the things that the evangelical church has done. And I, when I say this, I'm not talking about the fake churches, churches that still hold to uh, whatever the current notions of sola scriptura happen to be. Is Application. There aren't a lot of evangelical churches anymore where the pastor will stand up and say, killing your child before it's born is bad and a sin. Don't do it. There's even fewer that will say, if you killed your child, you committed a sin and need to repent. Repent. Many will say God is pro-life, but then not quantify what that means. Some evangelical churches will say there is no way to satisfy the wrath that God justifiably has against your sin other than accepting the grace and forgiveness offered through Jesus Christ alone. Fewer evangelicals will, will say, you need to repent of your sins or you are going to hell directly to someone in their audience or their audience. Many will say, well, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. But again, not, not quantify what that means. That the gospel, when it's preached in this culture often, a Biblical worldview, when it's catechized in this culture often, is done so as an abstract concept. Why? Because... The, the religious leaders don't turn on Jesus for abstractly saying, some people said some things that were wrong about some stuff, you know, and I'm sure they tried their best. And, um, you, know, you know, here's the, here's the real thing. That, that's not what it was. It's that he went to the temple where the people assembled to worship. And he pointed at the people that were lying to them and said, these blind guides, these people right here, I'm talking about them. These folks. Look at them. That's what I'm talking about. Them. Know who it is I'm speaking of. These people. This brood of vipers, whitewashed tombs, talking to them. Talking about them, telling you to not listen to them. The direct application is what made them seethe, not the abstract philosophical assertion. And what do we see in our culture today? I've talked about this just recently. Ah, Congress is full of crooks. My guy's great, though. Keep voting him in, and I have no idea whether he voted for the dead deal or not. Public education, just demon infested. Mine, mine, mine's great, though. Somehow, the, the one that my kid goes to is like the only one that teaches that, you know, God, that there might have been an intelligent designer to the universe. All the others are bad. No application. Just something in the abstract. And since much of the biblical discipleship that's been done in our churches in this generation has lacked application, Guys, doesn't it only make sense that when our people come out of those buildings and they engage the rest of the culture, it also tends to... Well, I shouldn't say it lacks a lot of application when it comes to stuff, the the do-gooder stuff. You get all the application on that. You know? We've got a Compassion International Festival every month. Uh, Dude, I'm all for that. We sponsor kids there, too. So the do-gooder stuff gets all the application. But the stuff... The stuff that hell really hates. No application there. It's just like a benign philosophical assertion. And you're left with, you walk out of there and you're like, wouldn't it be great if somebody did something about that one day? But shucks, it's not me. Home to mow the lawn. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And that has spilled over into the political realm. When our people get elected or get engaged, what is the application? Thoughts on that before we close this up.
3: It is what it is, Steve.
2: There you go. It is what it is.
3: And I'm I'm not trying to be okay. trite or funny, but that's basically been the church's political application. Oh, that sucks. It is what it is. Fallen world. Buzz phrase. Move on.
5: Because organized religion is bad, it's attic antiquated, uh, you know. We, 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 implied in all that is ultimately a Christian version of you do you. It's yes. not okay. Yes. It's not okay. Yes. You, we don't know. In flesh. Adultery the, is
2: bad. You're
5: an adulterer. Stop doing it. Here's the, that's application. the difference. Here's the application. It's that bloody cross. And I'd rather be the one to suffer than my children. I'm trying to turn up the volume on suffering, quite frankly, a little bit. So it has to be me instead of my kids. That's the application.
2: Hmm. more in a moment. Our friends at Jace Medical, you know, the people that offer you the Jace case so that you have at least a singular supply of venerable antibiotics that you may need the next time there's a We'll call it an emergency. We'll use that term. And they try to decide that all of a sudden, these medications that were safe for so many years are now suddenly, um, uh, uh, they're dangerous. They're platypus paste. You can't take them anymore. And so, I mean, that's a a tremendous product. We have the Jace case in our home. Well, they have a brand new product right now as well. They're now offering up to a 12-month backup supply of your prescription medication in case of, again... Emergency. Uh, and these are medications with a wide range of, of ailments uh, from cholesterol to diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, even mental health and more. Uh, a must buy for your family to be prepared. Get that peace of mind from our friends at Jace Medical. J-A-S-E, Jace Medical, J as in Jeff, or jump at this right now. Just jace medical.com, and use the discount code DACE for the discount on your order The discount code is DACE, my last name, at JACEMedical.com. It is now time for three non political questions. Indeed, it is that time yet again for three non-political questions. And that means it's time for my daughter, Anastasia, to put us to the test. How you doing, sweetie? Good. How are you doing, Dad? Uh, better than I deserve. Given you seem hype. We're decl- watching the decline and fall of Western civilization in real time. But let's take a break from all that and giggle for a few minutes. How are you? Let's go.
4: <laughs> my The giggle segment starring me, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so I was going to ask, Um, if you guys thought that fathers have it harder today or if they had it harder back then, but I feel like the answer is pretty obvious. I feel I would say today. So I guess my question would be like, what advice do you have for fathers raising sons and daughters, like in the generation that we're growing up in now, like in the society we're in now?
2: I, I think the number one piece of advice I would urge is sincerity and authenticity Um, there's no benefit of the doubt to institutions anymore starting with the nuclear family There's, there's no institution that kids are born into today or raised among today where there is an assumption that it's doing the right thing and has their best interest at heart there just isn't one And that's because there aren't a lot of them. They've earned that distrust, but that includes the family unit as well. And I think if, I mean, you grew up in my home for 18, 19 years, you saw plenty of mistakes. Um, I hope though, that you saw me own them as often as I possibly could be willing to be held accountable for them to come clean about them. Um, I mean when you were little I would would I would actually get on my knee and, and ask you to forgive me that I messed that up I blew that you know I should mm-hmm. I should have been better than that. And and I think that level of sincerity and authenticity that they are aware of your struggles now that we ha- we have some struggles that are of a more adult and mature nature that when they're little they don't need to know about but when they're older I absolutely think you should share. Um but but I think that level of sincerity and authenticity it is important to build trust, um, to build relationship for your own kids to think they can bring issues to you that um, they are struggling with. That particularly if you're a Christian, that you don't present some standard that is just beyond achievable and and measurable because it is beyond achievable and measurable. That's why we need Jesus. We can't measure up to it on our own. That's not to say not to have any standards. But this idea of the, a certain image or certain practice, um, I, would, I would urge the dispelling of all of that. And I say that as someone who had to raise kids with a public image in a community where they largely left us alone, but also was of a size that almost nowhere did you go in public and not worry that you're gonna run into somebody who knew mm-hmm. you or who your dad was, right? So I, I think sincerity and authenticity is vital in raising kids that would be my that's not my only advice but you asked me for my my best or my mm-hmm. my first one that would be my first prime directive sincerity and authenticity about who you are who you both are what your weaknesses and strengths are etc Todd. uh
5: well assuming we're talking to a young christian man here because obviously everything comes under that but i i've said it before they need to understand that uh, and now more than ever because it really For most other uh generations you could not default as easily as we do into comfort but uh, masculinity is not a leisure pursuit you 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 put yourself last you attend to your wife and your kids and their needs uh first which doesn't mean you anoint them you say whatever they do is no quite quite the opposite uh but kids will start tuning you out all the quicker if they see that you have not dedicated who you are and what you are in terms of you know those hours you work uh that extra job you take uh the things you you, you delay your gratification uh to make sh- sure that they understand uh that you it's they these aren't just words you you their mother and them are clearly your priority and i'll think now as steve said but, I've certainly uh, d- done my share of failing uh, on that end. But they need to ultimately understand that you they, they aren't just your, something you did once when you were younger. Now it's kind of, okay, you're, you're a hobby or something like that. No, you are, you are the most fundamental priority of your existence. And that can happen if you check all the comfort boxes.
3: Yeah. Along those lines. So those are great pieces of advice. I think if you've already raised children or your kids are older, I'll just, my perspective, having one that's not even two years old yet, I would say, I I would say one big lesson that I have learned and I would say could be learned and I think could be helpful to others. If you're just entering into parenthood or fatherhood for the first time is let go of any notion you have of a normal day or week a lot of couples now both both sexes a lot of couples now are getting married later into their 20s which means what they're more set in their ways it's a minor miracle Mm -hmm. that you're able to coexist with somebody who's already kind of getting stuck in their ways but then once you're married for a little while you kind of develop into a rhythm there's normalcy even if you're busy but there's normalcy when you have a kid that rhythm and that normalcy is pretty much for the most part at least for you all gone so just let that go and i would say especially if you're more introverted like i am normalcy or routines, I guess you would say kind of important thing just let it go in order in order to be able to be there as Todd was saying for your wife first and then your kids Just let that go um, because if you hold on to that, you're going to hold on to a lot of other things. one of them is comfort and one of them is a really insidious, Form, I would say of, of selfishness. Just let anything go that is keeping you from being there and putting and prioritizing your wife and kid.
2: After that question, let me tell you about our friends over at Relief Factor because the next one may not be as serious and we might need a segue. So our (laughs) friends at Relief Factor also have a great product. It is drug free though it was a formula created all natural formula created by physicians who can prescribe drugs because they realized that a lot of the chronic issues they were seeing in their clinics and at their practices dealt with too much inflammation in the body and that's what you're looking for an all natural anti-inflammatory to take on that inflammation that is likely the cause of your chronic pain. If you want to try Relief Factor they give you what's called a three-week quick start it's it's basically a tryout only cost you 20 bucks to see if you don't see a difference in three weeks or less just 20 bucks why do they offer it so inexpensively for that long of time because about 70 percent of the time that when people try it they stay with it long term they're that confident in their product so if you want to see if you don't see a difference in the pain in your body in three weeks or less go to relieffactor.com just 20 bucks what do you have to lose relieffactor.com or you can call them at 800 the number for relief 800 for relief Anna
4: okay so which horror movie would you guys rather be stuck in okay okay Friday the 13th Halloween or it
2: ooh um
3: Friday the what Friday the 13th I've never seen any of these movies
2: okay yeah yeah because you grew up in a good home Um,
4: i've never seen any of these either is that is that
5: what you (laughs) want me to
2: say (laughs) not in my home you didn't anyway yes
5: maybe in yours you have but you've not seen them in mine yes i think my my younger self would have said uh halloween Mm. because michael myers
2: just walks everywhere i know and i was like
5: how is everybody still dying that's so
2: true like Jason Voorhees is like multiple terrains. He's under the water, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, okay. Um,
5: don't forget that was scary as hell that he's, that was the effect. Like, he's still going to get you, even though he's just.
2: We're doing the waltzing. movie versions, right? The movie versions? Yes. Okay.
4: I almost put 2020 as an option, but then I thought I'd be a little bit uh, more lighthearted.
2: Because if it's the book, I, I definitely don't want to be in it, the book. I remember the first time I read that book and I'm like, this is incredible. This book is incredible. And then you get to the end and you're like, Stephen King ought to be arrested. Straight up. I mean, he's just straight up ought to be arrested.
5: I had never heard what the end was until you guys told me on the show like a year or two ago like, for I whatever reason. Feel,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mind pointing out lurid things in order to, to expose their luridness to people. I'm not comfortable even talking about that. So if I'm not comfortable talking about how oh, that yeah. book resolves itself, what does that tell you? Okay.
4: But yes, we're doing the movie version.
2: So we're doing the movie version. I, I, th- I think I would rather be in, in it really because
4: I thought you didn't like clowns. Maybe that was just what I,
2: re- and, made and, up. and I, I'm not a fan. I don't, I, I love clowns. I don't like creepy clowns. Yeah. And so. so this was, this is an opportunity for me to, to confront that.
4: Okay, answered like a real man right there.
2: Yeah. I, 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 I want to put the creepy clown on the receiving end for once, so that's why I would choose that one.
3: Uh, Friday the 13th, I guess. I, I have no idea what's in that movie, but I'm just answering because I have to.
2: Killer in a hockey mask. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Friday the 13th is <laughs> kind of the OG of the uh, slasher horror film <laughs> genre. It's where Kevin Bacon got his start, was in that movie. What was it? Was what there was, was there, no? That was after Animal House. My bad. That movie it, came after. Animal House. Was there a House.
5: Friday the Thirteenth before there was a Halloween?
2: Yes. Was there? Yeah, hmm. I do think Friday the Thirteenth. Well, let me see. That's a good point. Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> came out what year? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the first one came out. Nope, Halloween is older. It Came out in nineteen eighty. So you were right. And Halloween's was, related. In the OG. When's
5: Friday the Thirteenth?
2: What year? Nineteen eighty, and Halloween is like nineteen seventy eight. Oh, okay, 70. Got yep. it. Okay.
4: Last question then for All you right. guys. Okay. If a genie granted you each three wishes, what would you wish for?
2: And unlimited wishes cannot be?
4: No. like, And let's go by like Aladdin rules. I know Disney's canceled, but we're just going to go from that. It's like you can't wish for like love or unlimited wishes or anybody to die or anything like that.
2: All <laughs> right. So nothing that imposes. Let's make this as a general rule. Can't wish for unlimited wishes or anything that imposes on another person's will.
4: Yeah, or anything that will get this show canceled, yes. <laughs>
2: well, that's it. Todd, <laughs> <laughs> comes to all, your door.
3: All I want to do to is impose door. on
5: other people's will. <laughs> I'm left with the problem,
2: you clearly see. Um, I'm going to let you guys answer this first. No. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah. Aaron, go ahead. I wish Anna had never answered. asked this question. <laughs> 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 um <laughs>
3: I would wish for a, uh, what is it, $23 trillion coin. I would wish for every single um, elected official who has spent more than eight years in their position to resign. And I, I'm i sorry, this is supposed to be non-political. I'm doing what Stephen Todd did. No, I mean, I the cried. question,
2: it's not three They're non-political true. answers, it's true. three non-political questions.
3: That's true. Yeah. Um, and then finally, oh man, I'd probably wish for a new deck. That's
4: Why did I think you were going to say new dad? It's, it looked like you were going to say new dad for a second.
3: Is that a Freudian slip there, Anna? <laughs> no, no, no. No, uh, so a new deck. So those are my three wishes.
2: I would wish for um, an unlimited slush fund that could only be used for one explicit purpose, and that is political mobilization. Like I, I couldn't use it to buy myself yachts and things of that nature. That's all it would be for. And to essentially be a the right's George Soros level of figure. And just the, the the amount of change I could do in this country with the ability to buy many of these people off on the right and get them to do what I want them to do is extraordinary, extraordinary. And I just can tell you as someone who is organized on the right nationwide, and you you heard it in the very conversation, Aaron, that we had yesterday about the donor call with yeah. Ron DeSantis, the the donors calling in. When will you when will you moderate? When will you become pro-choice? Okay, that pressure is very real. Why don't you have more movies like Nefarious? Because our donors don't want to fund that stuff. Our donors our donor class is not good, not good as a whole. So. I want an unlimited slush fund, and all I use it for is to wage war in the culture war arena. I cannot spend it on myself in any way, shape, or form. Take a salary; it's just, that's it. That would be my that would be wish wish number one. The amount of good I would do with that, and just buying off these absolute manginas and bending them to my will, is incalculable. So I would do that. Um, I gotta. I'm, I, I have to do something personal. I'd love my own madden cruiser and i could just cruise around go see i go around the country with basically a house on wheels go to games you know the ability to go any game i wanted to and be and, and be either in the stands or in the press box or on the sidelines with my own madden cruiser i'd like to be able to do that that'd be another wish i would have um and then the the third thing is for my kids to learn from all of my mistakes
3: Isn't that imposing, Will?
2: No. No, I'm asking them to learn. I'm not saying to not make mistakes, just learn from mine.
5: Heroic and virtuous husbands for my four daughters, a nice house for my wife, uh, and unlimited apple cider vinegar.
2: (laughs) There we go. Fair Fair enough. enough. All right. Nailed it. (laughs) We'll be back at it again tomorrow, (laughs) noon to 2 Eastern. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
4: On the Blaze
1: Radio Network.